Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the very, very, very last day of October 2023. That means there are 60 days left in the calendar year of 2024. Oh, boy. It's going to be a rush. This is uh, the MSP Initiative, MSP Talk, and we have some housekeeping to do at the beginning of all of these sessions. Of course, these calls and sessions are always recorded. Uh, we will post them up at MSP Initiative. Once you learn how to spell initiative, if not, Google it. MSPinitiative.com will bring you to this page. This session will be under the Sessions tab, and it'll be in video and podcast format. We do have this up on most of the podcatchers, so feel free to, you know, iPod it, I guess. Um, we have our very, 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 very last event of the year, and it's the biggest one. So if you're going to IT Nation, that's right. We've all heard about it for years and years. The big one to close out the calendar event schedule. So IT Nation Orlando, on the first night of IT Nation, after the welcome reception, which ends at 9 p.m., that's right, you got to stay a little late, up a little bit later than you used to. Uh, you're going to jump on a bus. We're going to take you a mile down the road to Icon Park, which is the big Ferris wheel that you see when you're driving down International Drive in Orlando. And we are going to hold another infamous, but hopefully famous, MSP Community Block Party. Uh, we're going to have uh, the combo of Better Than Ezra, Sugar Ray, and Tonic. Uh, as our entertainment. So this is how we follow up the All-American Rejects from last year. Um, so this thing is going to be, we're going to be running busing back and forth between all the conference hotels, right? You're going to start off at Rose and Jingle Creek. We're going to bring you down to Icon Park. And then on the way back, the buses stop by all of the conference hotels. So you can just jump off as needed. Thank you to all of the sponsors who threw a little bit of money into the pot in order to make this happen. I can't tell you how much money this takes. It's commas and zeros. I absolutely promise you that this is not cheap, but totally, totally, totally worth it. Uh, and so we can't wait to see you. There's plenty of entertainment. So obviously we have the main band. This is, by the way, rain or shine. We have this, if there's for some reason a problem and we have to move this indoors, we have enough room for everybody indoors. This actually happened to us last year. We had to like this hurricane thing to shut down the Orlando airport and winds and all this, whatever, and we still pulled it off. So this is meant to be an outdoor indoor thing. If for some reason weather doesn't play, then we'll move it to just an indoor thing. So either way, we got it covered. Um, but we have three venues tied to this block party, as well as an outside space with grass and a stage, which is pretty cool. Um, there's food, there's alcohol, there's games, there's candy, there's karaoke, there's everything. There's something for everybody. I promise it's well worth your time. So this is next week, guys. If you haven't already, come to mspblockparty.com. You'll notice there's two links, one for I'm an IT provider or MSP, and one is anybody else. Uh, obviously register ahead of time so we can get you through the line faster. It's my best advice to you. Uh, also on this page, uh, Community Minds, we'll be posting some dates for next year. This was our in-person educational event that we did this year, planning to do a few of these next year. We also have our community offers. These are just hookups and deals from across the industry. Take advantage of them if they fit your company. Industry Calendar, we'll be posting all of the 2024 events that we are aware of. I promise you there's going to be like 300 events at least in 2024 because that's how much we're in 2023 just here in the U.S. and Canada. So um, that way you can you know see what the next year looks like. And that is my housekeeping. So mspinitiative.com, mspblockparty.com. Even if you're not going to IT Nation next week, if you're just in Florida, I don't know, going to Disney World or Universal and you're not doing anything on Wednesday night, Come on down. That was my best. That was my best uh, advertisement there. So hopefully that uh, that took care of business. Today's special guest I've run into several times in the last I don't know month or so, which is great because we love seeing her. Uh, is from MSP CFO. Don't let me stop you. Go ahead and introduce yourself. I think this is the first time we've had you on this podcast. Yes, you have. Oh my gosh. Um, first and foremost, happy Halloween. I 
dressed up as a biz dev rep from a vendor. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. I was expecting a Philadelphia Eagles jersey on you. I feel like I wear that every other time. So like, we'll just, <laughs> you know, switch it up this time, right? We'll go from ball to hair. You know, this is what I, I love like back in the day anyway. So it's all, it's all good. Well, I'm jealous of all the curls. Um, so I am Soleil Diment and I handle business development for MSPCFO. And uh, my goodness, I have been watching and following George, like most of you on the call here, probably for a very long time. And it was just such an honor when they reached out and asked if MSPCFO would like to be a part of this amazing podcast. So here we are. Here we are. Of course, we love we love the family over there at MSPCFO. I was actually just talking with Larry, uh, not too, you know, like minutes ago through chat. <laughs> love, love that. Um, so let's let's get a lay of the land a little bit. I saw you recently in Denver for a PAX 8 thing. That was awesome. I know you, you know, make your way around a lot of the places, but we all, you know, converge in a lot of these places. Uh, I don't know if you want to give away your trick, but I loved your... You know, I call it guerrilla marketing approach, right? Like that's kind of my jam, right? I, I like that. I love people who are like, here's the box. I like to be outside. And like a lot of the times that actually ends up working very well for, every, you know, at least in my experience it has. So I don't want to give away your trick. I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> um, Social media works. I don't care, you know, what anybody says. I um, have to share it now after you say all that. You you technically don't. You could still hold no, it in your pocket. I, I just was giving you some kudos because that was really smart. Yes. And that was such a wonderful compliment. So thank you so much for that. Um, so what we did, and you know what, we want to help the community, whether it's the partner side or the vendor side. So feel free to take care or, or just take this idea. Um, the best marketing you will ever get. And it's kind of for free. <laughs> so what we did was, and I wish I had the, I wish I had the cup. But anyway, so we gave away, this is our Yeti cup, but um, there we go. But we gave away a camp style, campfire style mug. And I had asked the reps if they would go ahead and take a selfie with that, post it, tag me on LinkedIn, tag the company on LinkedIn. And that whole week, there was just so many reps who did that. Yeah. And it was so funny because the very next morning I got um, just an email from one of the reps and they said, oh my gosh, I went on LinkedIn and it was nothing but MSP CFO mugs. And I asked them to ha um, hashtag mugshot and it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. So, you know, whether it's your t-shirt or your sweatshirt, George, I saw somebody do that recently. Um, they took a selfie with it you know, thanked us for the swag, tagged the company, tagged the rep. It was just so cool. And then you get to see how many people that gets influenced because we also track, of course, how many, you know, leads are coming in from various different channels. And that one also because it's PAX 8 too, they have a massive following. So that was probably the best marketing dollar we spent and the least dollar amount, I have to say. So it was very nice. <laughs> that I mean, like I said, brilliant. Um, <laughs> lo love the approach. I mean, you know, again, for people who have run into me or followed me or heard me talk about this, right? Like the amount of money you can spend. I actually just asked my team, hey, how much money did we spend this year? And they're like, uh, including what? I was like, like total event costs, right? Travel, food, Bev you know, uh, you know, candy bar at the airport, whatever. Uh, and they're like, Oh, yeah, we can get you that. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, let me know. And then I got I got the initial number back. And like the year's not over yet. Right. I was like, so up until before IT nation, next week, this is the number. And I was like, what? Um, can you can spend money very easily in this sandbox. No question about it, especially when it comes to events and marketing. No problem. If you want to burn money, they'll burn your money. What you what are you getting back in return for it is the big question. Yes, it's that's absolutely question. true. So for all of that, for all of that being said, I love I love outside of the off off menu. It's my favorite term, actually, off menu. 
outside of the box, something different, read through the lines, do something to crack through. So I love that. I love the, uh, I love the, you know, guerrilla marketing approach. And you know, my opinion, it's kind of exciting because, um, and it usually comes with an ask for forgiveness, not for permission. Yeah. Happens. So kudos to you. So you do, you know, you guys do a lot of things as MSP CFO, right? You do a lot of peer groups, you do a lot of events. Um, you know, there's there's you know, and I and I and I chit chat with Larry all the time. What is your from your view, what do you think the current state of the industry is, right? Like are things in a positive direction? Are people actively like growing? Do you feel good about where things are going based on the people you're working with? Or is there also a counterweight to that, right? Is there some not so good things happening? Just give us from you, from where you sit, what do you see? So I, I can only go off of the data that we see in, you know, MSP CFO. And I'll have to bring bring up COVID, whether you believe in it or not. Um, but <laughs> 2020, there was a big scare. So many companies, even our own partners, were looking at line items and, you know, eliminating certain things they didn't need. And we were able to work with all of them, which was such a blessing. And we noticed towards, you know, Q3, beginning of Q4, we were all, the MSP space was actually trending up. So huge. Um, it was a pretty decent percentage. And I, I want to say 20% right around there. So, you know, so, so business for us in the tech space actually blew up because, People were working from home and they needed that kind of support. They needed the help to get everything set up, the, the VPNs um, and, and just being able to set up a home office, right? So we saw that uptake, which was really nice. And then of course, now current state of the economy, you know, people think things are kind of slow. Um, it may potentially still, I think, increase. We've got a couple more months left to the year, but um, business is still growing and I'm not surprised by any of that. I think we just adapt just, you know, as, as a sales rep, as a product, um, just in the, in the space alone, it's just really nice to see that no matter what the world throws at us, I think we can still thrive. And I'm not talking about just surviving, but just thriving and being able to make the connections at different events. I know that other businesses have scaled back um, what they want to participate in. But we've always been a big believer of you still have to go out there and be in front of the people. It doesn't matter that you have, I'll just throw a number out there, 30% market share. And if you don't start continuing, well, if you, actually, if you don't continue to be present in all of these events, somebody else will come in and be present in your space. And so it's that whole out of sight, out of mind. If you don't talk to your partners, if you don't engage with them, and continue to show value, what's to keep them from going someplace else? It doesn't matter what the product is, name anything, right? Mm. So that helps a lot. Um, and our team, we love our team here. We're a small family and, you know, led by a great leader. And I, I say that to his face. I say that behind his back. He is the nicest, nicest guy you will ever, ever meet. And, um, and I tell him that, and then he'll just go, oh, really, I'm not so nice. And I said, no, because we'll look at situations that, that you know, that happen to be whatever it is. And I would just say, oh, my gosh, Larry, I would do this, this, and this. And he goes, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so I, I agree with you. I mean, he definitely, you know, I love people who are definitive in their opinion, right? I don't care what, like, just give me an answer, right? And Larry always has an opinion, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah, you know, right. I really enjoy that about him. But he'll also tell you, yep, even though I may not be a fan of XYZ, not going down that road, I got better, you know, better things to do with my time. And like, go right. be honest about it. Right. Um, right. I love people who, you know, I, you know, I'm not saying every, everybody, you know, like some of the people who are like in the middle, right. They can never decide which way to go. It's like, I think you just need to like be a little bit more decisive, right? Let's get on with it. But in order to be decisive and kind of what MSB CFO is known for, like, can we use actual data 
right? Like some people do this, right? You know, like, I think the wind's going this way. And it's like, um, how about actual data, right? Can we make decisions off of what's going on? Um, but I think a lot of the problem is a lot of the business owners who are also in their business, right? They don't necessarily have the time, like themselves don't have the time to like get all the stuff right, right? Get all the balance sheets in, get all the profit and loss statements in, figure out if your customers are profitable or not, figure out if you're actually selling things at a point where it's worthwhile rather than you're basically losing money by the time that you collect your, like these are all important pieces of information for any business. I don't care IT or otherwise, but I feel like I still run into a lot of people who kind of, well, that's what they charge. So we're just going to charge the same thing. And it's like, okay, I understand like the market bearing rate is important, right? So you can understand what, you know, people's appetite is and what their spend is, but you also need to still be profitable at what you're doing, right? And I think they forget that part. They're too, they're too into the tech and they don't realize the bigger picture. Like the scoreboard is kind of the bank account, right? At the end of the day, am I wrong? Not at all. You hit the nail on the head there. Um, you know, they're also, they're the business owner, but they're also the technician. They're also the sales rep. They're the CFOs, you know, everything. And was actually speaking with another partner last week. And she said, the CEO needs to just let go of the sales side of it and let mm -hmm. the business development rep that they hired manage that. And it's, uh, listen, I understand it's hard to let go of different things, um, but you hired that person for a specific talent. Let them do what you hired them for and just watch what happens. And you can still be that hovering parent in the back, right? I mean, <laughs> we all do that, but you can still look and, and check in with them, whether it's a weekly call, you know, monthly call, whatever the case may be. And if there are things that you don't see that they're doing, you can certainly insert a comment or constructive criticism. Just let them know what they can do better. And I mean, that's how people thrive. It's just, you know, I've managed so many different sales teams and the ones who continue to excel are the ones, number one, that you give them all the tools to succeed, but you also encourage them. I, you know, I don't know, because like going back to this technology industry that we, that we're living in right now, right? Like even if you hire somebody to do prospecting sales, that kind of stuff, usually the, the biggest source of knowledge on how you would address a prospective new account is going to come from the person at the top. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. like they know what they've been doing. They know how they, you know, how, what technology they're, they're offering. So at some point they're in that, that, that process. You no, know? I mean, I don't think you could totally decouple them if they are like the subject matter expert of the, you know, of why you're proposing what you're proposing, right? But um, one thing that I tend to see, even, even myself, honestly, is like, I don't have time to do all the other activity around that, right? It's like, I'm let me do my part. I'm really good at this, but like you need to do the, the other parts, right? The meetings, the follow-ups, the appointments, the make sure things get scheduled, make sure they get sent on time, make sure people are followed up with, like, that's, I probably don't have enough bandwidth to actually do all of those other tasks that are required, right? But you recognize all of that too, George. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I know your travel schedule. I don't know how you sleep, first of all. Um, On planes? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I, can't, I can't do that. Um, there's always somebody next to me who just has to like elbow in my seat. But, um, you know, to, to your point, at, at the very beginning, when I started with MSPCFO uh, many years ago, um, Larry would come in and do the live demonstrations. And so in my mind, I thought, okay, I have to get them through the sample demos, the canned demos. But then when it comes to really drilling into the data, that's fantastic. I have Larry to lean on to, but then our company and, and the business started to scale. And now I have to do the live demonstrations. And to myself, I'm thinking, well, I've never been a very analytical person and definitely not financial analytics. So I had to really jump in there, learn the, I mean, continue to learn the product, but aside from what the product can do, being able to sit down with a partner to say, here's why this client is not profitable. 
And here, based on the data, here's what you need to do. Here's what you should do. So we always let folks know we're not consultants. You know, we're not going to tell you how to run your business or anything like that. But based on the data, here's what's wrong. So then, you know, Larry likes to use this analogy of we like to get you to second base but then you have to get to you know, third and home on your own. It's, it's one thing for us to tell you what the problems are, but now that you know what the problems are, you have to come up with a viable solution to resolve those problems. And there are you know, some times where we would love to help out, but we don't know every aspect of their business. So we don't ever cross that line. And listen, I know there are some folks who would love for us to do that, but that's just not our area of expertise. We'd much rather stay in our space. Based on the data, you know, here's the decisions you should make, could make, and then go from there. Yeah, I mean, so number one, I love the analogy. We get you to second base. You have yeah. to, you know, let's keep it clean, people. You'll get you to second base. You got to get the third. But it's like, if let's say your tool, let's say one of the cool things about your your technology is, hey, I went into your system, assuming the data is where it's supposed to be, right? And it's like, we found out that this customer, you're actually negative on this customer, right? Like, you're not making money, you're losing money. So like, I don't, I wouldn't expect you to call up the end customer on my behalf and say, Hey, we got to talk either. You got to pay more or we got to kick you to the curb, right? Like <laughs> I can imagine that's probably not, you're not the best message deliverer for that scenario. Right. <laughs> Correct. Um, could you imagine? Uh, I mean, hmm, I don't know. I think I'd be okay doing that. Like, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> like we need to talk. Do you got more money to spend or we got to talk about turning this off? Um, I don't mind that. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm, I don't veer away from the hard conversation. I'd rather just have it and yeah. be done, but I digress. I just got a um, visual of that, George. <laughs> Yo, this is George. <laughs> I'm calling from ABC MSP. <laughs> you're underperforming. You owe us 10,000 more dollars. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Hey, you want to keep this thing going? We need to talk yeah. about, we need to talk about some more money. What yeah. do you mean? I was like, well, I'm just going to tell you right now. You call, you know, like band-aiding and duct taping, got to do it, right? You got to do it right or we got to get out. You know, one of the things too is the, the MSP owners, they're worried about losing that account. Sure. I get it. But if you can show them actual data that says we spent X number of hours on, you know, your business compared to another, you, you know, you can share certain information, certain data points. And um, to let them know that they're underperforming, it's time for a price increase, especially if we haven't increased your price in two years, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. each relationship has to be looked at individually. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not a one size fits all solution, right? So wow. there's, all, there's also the concept of scope creep, right? Yes. <laughs> you know, like this happens all the time, right? Your customer's like, oh, you know, I really need help doing this. And you're like, we never touched this before. What are we talking about? And you're like, then you, you get into the, well, you know, they're not, you know, it's a slow month. Maybe we'll help them out with this. But it's like, it's slippery slope, right? Because then all of a sudden they're like, oh, now I need you to do this, this, and this. It's like, wait a minute. Now yeah. now, now we're in a whole different realm, right? Right. Um, right. I hear about this. I see this all the time, uh, especially when, you know, like everybody's trying to spend less, right? So you exclude things from what's covered. And then all of a sudden they come back later and they're like, <clears throat> you need to fix this, your IT. And we're like, sure, it's not covered. They're like, what do you mean it's not covered? And then like all of a sudden we're rehashing the, you know, the whole conversation again. So um, <clears throat> positioning is important. Obviously making sure everything's in your agreement properly is important too. But, um, you know, like it's, it's a it, perception is a, is a fickle thing, you know? And I think, and I think if you, you made a comment earlier about, Hey, if we don't constantly show value, right? And sometimes the value, and, and this has been for years, has been the problem. It's like, well, if we're doing everything we're supposed to do, then their system just runs and it's quiet, right? So then they ask, well, what are we actually paying you for? And you're like, you don't you, didn't you, wasn't the pitch when we came in, you were having problems and like mm -hmm. now it's smooth. Car's running, you're not stuck on the side of the road, no check engine, no flat tire, we're moving. This is what you asked us to do, right? And they're like, all right, well, you've already done your work. You know, I don't want to pay the same anymore. And you're like, well, no, like the oil changes still have to happen and tire rotations and all that other stuff underneath the hood that you forgot about. That's what keeps the car on the road. And um, so like this came into like the cute quarter of the business review, right? This became a popular way to 
you know, manage expectations, all that jazz. But I got to be honest with you. If you're not evaluating your entire customer base annually, at least annually, I think you're going to, you could get, you could kind of get surprised, right? Like things could creep up behind you to the point where now all of a sudden you have a disgruntled customer that shouldn't be disgruntled, but because you didn't keep, you know, the consistency along with, Hey, this is the value we're providing. You know, now all of a sudden you have a problem on the other side. You see, you run into that. We run into that so many times. Um, You know, I start all of my demos off with the very first report and it analyzes immediately who's underperforming and who's underserved. And they are always surprised to see the clients that are on the underserved side, right above the line. And they go, oh, we love those clients. They pay our, they pay the bills on time every month. We love them. And they never call us. Okay. Well, that's also a problem though. They never call you, you know, and if they never call you, that means you're out of sight, out of mind. If something comes up, they're going, okay, uh, MSP near me. Like, you know what I mean? They don't even remember who you are. There have been times when I've done demos uh, just with the live data and they go, oh yeah, that client already left us. And I always ask, um, why did they leave you? Ah, you know, they went someplace else where they thought they could get a better price. So in their mind, they're paying you X number of dollars for a level of service. And to your point, your team did a great job setting them up. They're very tech savvy, but you still need to manage that relationship. And I always recommend, listen, pop in. If you can do a site visit, bring them lunch, coffee, whatever, right? Walk around and say hi to everybody. If that is done once a month, if possible, you have nothing to worry about. And then the engineers are tagging that time that they're spending at that client as well, because we don't want the client to go, you know, you never came over to see us. Um, I'm there for two hours every month, in addition to the tickets that came in and and the time associated with those tickets. Um, You know, the other thing that you had mentioned was, uh, well, a few minutes back was that the having clean data in the system, we spend so much time, George, with every MSP that comes in. I mean, the onboarding call is very, it's a lot, but you know, you lay the foundation in the beginning and then you can trust the reports moving forward. So mm-hmm. if you don't have cost in the system, you're going to love those P&Ls because they're going to really, really be inflated. <laughs> Who gets 100% margin on product sales, right? And I always say, listen, if that's actually true, can you introduce me to your vendor? <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. Um, I gotta think. I mean, you guys have more than hundreds of clients at this point, right? Maybe thousands. But through every PSA implementation, and maybe the incompleteness or the upside downness of it, I don't know what the percentage is. Is eighty percent of the time there's a problem? I got. I hit. I'm sure it's a high number. It's higher than eighty. <laughs> Higher than 80. Um, One of the things that we come across to is, well, most of the time, if there is um, data that's missing, if there's a gap, it's Mm -hmm. mainly payroll information in the PSA, which Mm -hmm. is fine. So we're sensitive to that data. uh, We're sensitive to their decision to why they don't put that in there. So we have the ability to input it on our side. You know, they're worried about engineers seeing what their peers are making. Mm-hmm. And there's even different roles and permissions in our reporting. So, you know, if somebody comes in and you give them engineer level access, as an example, they see a handful of reports related to them. And somebody said, well, I want them to see what their peers are doing, but I don't want them to see what they're making. And I said, absolutely. Here are the reports that will show how productive somebody is. That's not tied back to any sort of uh, wage history. And then I said, now, if somebody is using that time to take a look at the productivity, right, the revenue associated with that time, and if they're taking that information and trying to like backtrack to see what the, you know, engineer next to them is making, I said, that's a totally different conversation you need to have with that person, because think about the time it takes to do that. Do you really care that much what the next tech is making that you're going to take four hours out of your day to be to find out what George is making, you know? I, I mean, listen, <laughs> if people are going to talk about that, I think they're just going to be a human being, human being thing. I mean, I yeah. should, you know, like they'll just ask or it'll come up in conversation, no right. matter how much the guy paying that signing the checks 
doesn't yeah. want that to happen. That's just going to happen. At the end of the day, I'm going to flip over to the other side, right? Somebody's working very hard and they yeah. deserve and they're holding their weight and they're doing their their share. Then they're going to get they usually we're going to get rewarded, right? It's the people who like do everything they can to make it look like they're busy, but in reality they're not doing anything or not doing the amount of work they're supposed to be doing, and then all of a sudden everybody else is doing extra to extra work to cover for the work they're not doing right um i'm sure you know like utilization is one of those things where if you're not putting your stuff into the system properly it's never going to pump out the correct percentage of how much of your time is actually going towards something um i'll give you a quick story and then i'll take your opinion but you know back in college my first year of college i had this professor in in uh I, you know the school of it that i was uh, you know that i was going to and he was like you know hey you know I'm a practical guy. He's like, take a screenshot of a bunch of things open on your screen and set it as your screensaver. That way, anytime somebody goes by your desk, it looks like you're always busy doing something. And I'm like, how about you just do the work you're supposed to be doing? Why are you giving me tricks on how not to do work? But I digress. Uh, you're supposed to be teaching us how to do stuff. Thanks, guy. But like, this is the same thing that happens, right? Like, I don't, nobody wants to be totally big brother on everything, every minute of every day. And in remote working world, there's a lot of tools that can help you get to that conclusion. But like, you know, do I, if I have to get to that point, are we already past the trust factor, which I would say you are, I digress. But like one of the big things that I would think that your, you know, system helps is making sure people are doing what they're supposed to do. And like the value to the business, each specific technical person or salesperson or whatever means to the business. Yeah. So one thing that I learned early on in my sales career too is uh, productivity, or excuse me, um, activity does not always mean productivity. You can mm -hmm. be busy doing nothing, or you can actually be busy doing something that matters. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always the folks who are busy that feel like they bring more value to the company, not the people who are producing, right? So the people who are producing, they know they'll get rewarded because it's very evident what they're doing. So um, going back to the engineers, you know, one of the reports we have, um, well, it deals with the engineers. So let me just say that. And so I don't know if I can name stuff or not, but anyway, so one of the reports, uh, billing by member, it shows you where the engineers are spending their time and whether it's fixed fee agreement work, ticket work projects, et cetera. And then we calculate how that time converts to revenue that is actually really powerful. And then you can drill in even deeper to see, okay, it says he put in, you know, 45 hours this month into fixed fee agreement. You can click on that to open it up and you can see which client it was and exactly how much time was spent. So if somebody's going to dump time in somewhere, you'll be able to see it, put it that way, because it should not take you four and a half hours to address a spam filter issue, which I've seen, <laughs> you know, um, and then it, it's so cool to be able to look inside an MSP just based on all the data we have access to in the PSA. I mean, I can tell you from, and this is just my own opinion, not MSP CFOs, but I can just tell you from looking at an engineer's time, how they spend it, where they spend it, what type of uh, worker they are. Hmm. And that's just from looking at it, comparing it to other things. You know, if they're a manager level position, I expect to see certain metrics. If they're a tier one tech, tier two tech, we expect to see certain metrics. And our partners have been able to interpret the same thing from the reports now, because as you start using the reports more and more, you get better at interpreting them. And we don't leave you to your own vices. You know, we walk you through all of that too. But um, the call that I was on right before this one, he said, okay, look at the amount of time spent servicing this ticket, addressing some email issues. And he said, Soleil, do you see um, a commonality there? And although the tickets were escalated, right? There was one name that consistently <laughs> was associated with those tickets. And, um, you know, of course I pointed that out and they said, yeah, you know, he's a problem. We have to talk to him about that, et cetera, et cetera. So sometimes the techs sit on a ticket for too long. Mm -hmm. Why are they sitting on that ticket for too long? 
<laughs> what, what 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 did that what did you suspect you know After break they forgot to check out or we'll go with that okay. <laughs> take your head break coffee break we'll, we'll go uh, with that whatever it is okay you know? all right i mean so you can see you've you have enough macro data mm-hmm. to like tell people what looks good and what looks maybe not good right right we and do. then and i think like do you ever like go into like a peer group for example and then they can like kind of have a competition between them based on those metrics yes um you know when we go into the peer groups we always get permission to um share their data and they're already in the same peer group they already know everything for the most part about each other mm-hmm. so sharing it is not a problem and it's always fun to pull up a certain company's data and then somebody else goes oh my gosh i'm not even there or okay, my guys are better. You know what I mean? And it's just all healthy. But having that kind of visibility, though, lets you see, listen, you're not the only one dealing with that problem. Mm -hmm. I think that makes them feel better because it's not a one-off situation. Every business owner, MSP or otherwise, always has the issues of, are they bringing in, are they covering their own overhead, number one? And am I, are they bringing in enough revenue to make me, the company, profitable? No, that's, 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 I mean, listen, I said it earlier, can we decide, can we use actual data instead of guesstimate data, right? Yes, Um, yes. I assume when people actually understand where they are, they can decide, all right, maybe I'm not in as good a position as I am and I need to work on things or, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're the opposite. I'm sure every once in a while you, you you apply MSP CFO and they come out and they're like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm I'm sure there's a combination of both, but I I could pro- you probably also can use your system and like where the best you know kind of you know general trends are to say, hey, do I have too many people? Do I have not enough people? Right? Like you can actually use that from a real number standpoint. Yes, absolutely. Um, there is a report that people are actually utilizing this year a lot more. Um, staffing utilization. It tells you when it's time to hire somebody. So. Early on, I heard this terminology, muscle and feel. And, you know, <laughs> knowing what MSP CFO does and, and the intel behind, like the power of the data, I always go, why do people still use muscle and feel, right? So I, I will tell you 100% of my demos, they always come in here and they're always surprised because what they think is profitable is actually not. Mm-hmm. So if we rank your clients on a scale of one to a hundred out of a hundred clients, and you thought ABC client is your most profitable, and they're actually, they turned out they're in the bottom quintile, that's really surprising. And, you know, we kind of make it a joke, but let's drill into that and find out why they're not performing very well. And it could be a pricing conversation, George, which Everybody go navigates towards that. So we always want to re- refrain from having the price conversation be the leading topic. How about you look into the relationship first and find out why? So we can look and see if it's once a noisy client. We don't have any of those. Just to be clear, we have no noisy clients. <laughs> yes. Um, or is it a pricing conversation? Or did they misuse a work type incorrectly? You know, or is it outdated equipment? Right. There are so many different factors before you go in, you know, guns blazing to say we need to increase your price. Well, I, I just just because your customers paying you the most doesn't mean that they're the most profitable. I would yeah. say uh, more money, more problems. Yes. <laughs> like the bigger the, or, the bigger the organization, the more expectations there are. And then you get into this gray zone of like, at what point is the customer big enough that they should have an on-site resource versus the the virtual resource. Right. And I think that it doesn't take like, I don't know. I don't know what you, your numbers tell you, but I think generally once you're between like 60, 70, 80 users, right. The closer you get to a hundred employees, the higher the, the likelihood that they press to have somebody internal now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we see that with clients with that many number of endpoints or users, they, they send somebody there a good portion of the week mm-hmm. and you have to, 
you know, and you can see the level of relationship um, and, and, and being have, having somebody on site actually is great because it identifies any future opportunities. Mm-hmm. But then you can also quickly fix whatever issues at hand. But I look at the opportunities because we're always trying to help people increase. Right. How, how do you drive improvements to your bottom line? What do I need to do? And being able to see it firsthand. You know, if if somebody's setting, uh, submitting tickets from a particular workstation or a group of workstations, and then you find out, listen, I'm on site and they're not submitting the tickets, but we see what they're doing. We need to propose a new project. Let's overhaul all of these workstations, you know, give them a free backup device or something like that, you know, that you normally would not see. Number one, if you didn't have the data, but two, if you didn't have anyone on site, all you see are the tickets coming in. Catch 22 on that, right? Yes. Put somebody on site and all of a sudden that information never makes it to the system, right? <laughs> Vice versa. Nobody's on site. You know, I have to go to the system in order yeah. to get out, right? Catch 22. Well, um, you know, some of the more mature MSPs, yeah. they had the engineers submitting those tickets. And I love the visibility of the notes that they put in there. Being able to capture that information is, is key. Um, and, and your, you know, higher level techs. They know the value of the data, so they'll do that. And some MSPs have made it mandatory now. Depending on the PSA that you're using, you can't submit that ticket without tagging type subtype item. Mm-hmm. Like, those are my three favorite words. Is subtype one word or two? But anyway, <laughs> type subtype item. So being able to see that allows us to look at it from a very granular level. You know, it's I'm sure you've heard this analogy, like peeling back the layers of the onion. So Mm -hmm. you look at the onion and you say, wow, that looks great. That's a nice, healthy onion. But then as you start peeling it back, there's like that middle section because you've had it in the cabinet for too long and now it's brown. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this, I mean, this is like the circle of life in this industry, right? Like, Hey, we had an onsite resource. There's no documentation. They never created a ticket. Everybody just stopped by in the hallway or called their cell phone or text message. You know, like we can't even see what the volume is because there was never a trail, right? Hmm. Um, I find I find that to be a case a lot with the on-site resources, like especially the internal ones. You know, their email is effectively their ticketing system or their text messaging threads or their ticketing system and like nothing is trackable. Um they also get a little bit frustrated when you're like, oh, just submit the ticket. But they see you walking down the hallway, right? And they're just like, what's happening? <laughs> it's like, submit the ticket. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm going off, off, you know, the the, tra- the tracks for a second. But like, you know, there's a lot of tools out there. This AI thing is like all the rage, right? Everybody's like attaching some word of AI into whatever they're doing. Uh, I'm sure there's some stuff that could be automated, but. I got to think that when it comes to IT services, talking to the bot is only going to go so far, right? I know it can augment your staff maybe, or, you know, take the the low hanging fruit tickets, like, you know, but I would say that, and maybe it's an age thing. I don't know. I always seem to be more productive when I can get to a human being and just solve my problem rather than trying to figure out, you know, why the, why the system that I'm interacting with is asking me questions right? when I'm just like, Hey, give me an agent. Let me just finish this. Yeah. Well, um, remember back in the day when you could call customer service and you got a person mm-hmm. now you have to go through five different, like, you know, touch this button, click that button. And I'm yelling, constantly yelling in to the phone operator, operator, the same thing with the bot. Mm-hmm. I would much rather prefer a live agent and a phone conversation, frankly, because there's only so much you can type. But, you know, if I can talk to somebody, that's even better. It makes me more efficient that way. It's just funny, right? We're putting all this technology in place to make it more difficult to actually get to the person, right? <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm, I'm intentionally putting speed bumps in. Yeah. And it's like, by the time you go back and figure out the reports and all that technology, it's like, well, most of the time is spent trying to get to the human being <laughs> rather than using the system itself. Yeah. Right? No bot is that um, smart. Well, you know, I get it. I, you know, I, you know, any type of, you know, transformation takes time, but you know, what are you, Oh, sorry, George, go ahead. You no, know, go, go for it. What'd you have? I was going to ask you, you brought up AI. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's, it's my gosh, it's everywhere nowadays. Um, I look at it as a calculator. Yeah. Or, or a computer chip, 
you know, it's processing data, right? That's great. It's doing it at a warp speed. Awesome. But what are the parameters that it's using in order to do its calculating? If the blueprint or the, you know, the, you know, remember uh, RoboCop? Yes. <laughs> We're giving away our ages now, but yes. Yeah, I, Robo I loved RoboCop, right? <laughs> and it's like, hey, here are the, here are the, like the prime directives, right? In the operating system, right? I had like three, right? Like if those base things aren't correct, mm -hmm. everything that comes after that could be completely wrong. You know what I mean? Like, so for me, it sounds great. There's the op the opportunity to do some really cool stuff, but if the parameters are wrong, you could get to some really you know incorrect and bad outcomes. So, you know, who's programming the machine? <laughs> that I guess is the at the at the end of that sentence. Um, so I I think that's part of it, right? And we all saw. I mean, we'll go another way. You know, like Terminator, right? <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Now, if the machines don't have the correct boundaries, at what point do we cross, you know, into into bad areas, right? That a human being otherwise wouldn't. So, yeah. you know, these are all questions that haven't really been answered, right? We're kind of in the beginning part of all of this, but yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I do really I am concerned, right? ChatGPT, for example, I know that's that started a lot of this, you know, yeah. in, in, from a public perspective. The data is from 2020 and 2021. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been updated to current times. Yeah. So you're asking this you know, computer to do what it's doing and it's giving you outdated information. <laughs> right? I mean, like- That is so true. Yeah. So like from my perspective, like that's, you know, I don't mind it for like, hey, cool concept. Let's learn how this works. But from a day-to-day -day practical standpoint, look how many people rushed to take the API from ChatGPT and plug it into all these other systems, yeah. that's a little bit scary for me, right? Because what if they're giving you the wrong output? You know, you know, the output of what you're asking could end up being completely wrong. Yeah, and and I agree with you, uh, everything 100%. It's a fun tool to play with, but the one thing that I'm concerned about is you're inputting this information for it to spit out a resolution, whatever it is that you need, mm -hmm. where is it storing the information I'm providing and who's looking at that information that's being stored? So I always worry about it coming back. Um, you know, just <laughs> listen, nobody has any privacy anymore these days. I think a satellite can look into my home office and see that I'm standing here talking to you, <laughs> you know, but um, some some things, it, it's just so hard to... People don't think about that. Let me just back up. So people don't think about the information that you're sharing. I think we overshare mm -hmm. way too much. <laughs> and especially with sensitive data, like a company's financials, mm -hmm. I don't know that I want that out there, not well, knowing who has access to it. Hold on. Now, now they said the IRS is going to start using this to, uh, to automatically start looking through all the tax returns. Instead <laughs> of chat GPT, it's tax GPT. GPT. <laughs> I mean, like, can can we get away from this? I don't know. But like, if it does something wrong and somebody comes, you know, to audit you because the, the computer found something, yeah. it could be wrong. Right, right. And now you're on the bad end of that stick, right? Yeah. And, and unfortunately, then it's you having to take your time to fight that, right? It's sort of like when somebody steals your identity. It's never the thief that has to suffer for it. It's us, and it's a year and a half of fixing all the damages from them. And 100%. it's crazy. No, I mean, listen, uh, I love technology. I mean, we're all, we all, um, a lot of people got into this sector because of how cool it is, right? Like we're doing kind of bleeding edge things. Um, I love that, right? It's like a toy store almost, um, or at least I think it is. Uh, but like, Practicality is also there too, I think. And um, I think like the next five years are going to really define how this thing looks moving forward. But it also needs to make financial sense too, right? Like Microsoft came out and offered Copilot, which is its version of this. Yeah. It's not, it's not really like to the, I think minimums 300 user organ, like a minimum 300 employees at yeah. $30 a month per employee. It's, it's a lot of money to you know, flip that switch on and obviously not affordable to the small business. 
So I, I, like everything else, you know, like I can go to the Best Buy, right? And pick up a TV for like 150 bucks, right? And like that TV five years ago may have been 1200 bucks. So like, it's going to come down over time. I get that. Um, but by, you know, like, let's see how long, how long it takes for it to break, you know, be affordable to the sub hundred, sub 50, sub 25 employee uh, organization, right? It could, could take a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, I mean, the next five years, well, two to five years is going to really be just a great time for us to gauge and see where it's headed. It's not going away. You no, know, I, I have a college way, I'm not, I'm not shooing it away either. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, I'll think twice before installing the chat GPT mm-hmm. keyboard on my iPhone, <laughs> you know, cause like to your point, right. In order to respond to the message, it has to read the message first. Right. All right. And like, maybe don't want that information in somebody else's computer. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they can wait. I'll get back to them when it, when I have time, it's not, I'd much rather they looked at somebody else's data and then come back to me and share their findings. And then I'll make a decision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of cool TV shows about this, but like, at what point do you like digitize your brain? Right. And then like, it's like the George AI. Right. And it's like, this is what I would have done. I don't know if anybody would subscribe to that. <laughs> Good point. It's it's something cool to consider. <laughs> 100%. So we have IT Nation coming up next week. Obviously, I know you're going to be there because like that's the place, right? Everybody, you know, feel like anybody, even if they're not going there, they show up in the hotel. And it's yes, like, they do randomly. <laughs> one big community, you know, you know, catch a beer at the bar, talk shop place. So um, super excited. I mean, you know, I'll tell you what, I thought coming into the end of this year, we were going to see mass on airplanes again. And, you know, it's going to get a little bit crazy and it ended up not, not going down that way. And thankfully that's the case. Cause like, I think I did the last six weeks of travel has been <laughs> pretty crazy. Um, I would, it would have just made it that much worse other than George's normal security problems. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to have another call where it's all about travel woes <laughs> and we can all laugh about it because we survived it all. But, you know, I have to tell you, I, with, uh, except for the occasional like flight cancellation, I don't know. I don't have any issues, which I'm not bragging and I'm not saying to bring those on, but <laughs> I'm so thankful that I don't put it that way. I fly through security. Nobody's looking at me going, Oh, she might be a questionable character, you know. <laughs> I was in, I was in Amsterdam last week, and I've never I never transited out of the airport in Amsterdam. So this was my first time like in country. What did a bunch of stuff? I was only in for like three and a half days. Flying out in the in the uh, go out of the airport in Amsterdam, and like came real early, right? You know, don't want to get stuck in the shuffle. <laughs> and, and and somehow I got sent through the. Everybody's going left. Oh, sir, you should go right. Oh, okay. And I go through the, everybody in this lane is in, is it being trained in security, right? So I'm like, okay, okay. So yeah, I start through the process, you know, put all your stuff in the bin, whatever. You know, you do the, the you know, the millimeter wave detection booth, right? Then the pat down. Okay, all right. And afterwards, like, oh, your bag got flagged. I'm like, oh, okay. And then like, they're like, oh, this, this lady's training. So just bear with us. I said, okay, okay, okay. 30 minutes later, this lady couldn't figure out what a toothbrush looked like in the x-ray machine. Good thing you went there early. Uh, yeah, 100%, right? 100% early. So bottom line is, you know, I'm just like, okay, well, I'm glad, you know, that you figured out. Like, they're like, hey, can we open your bag? I'm like, yeah, sure, go for it. They're like, oh, it's a toothbrush. I'm like... 30 minutes for a toothbrush. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. So at what like, point, if that was a ticket, at what point would you have escalated that? <laughs> I, I mean, listen, the, like, again, she had a person training her yeah. and like the person that was training her knew it was a toothbrush. She's like, yeah, she doesn't know what the toothbrush is. And I'm like, okay. So like, I guess. But I'm you, yeah. But you do, you're training her. You could help her. Let's get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and then funny funny enough i was traveling with somebody else in the you know in the channel on the vendor side oh. 
and he never like you never gets stopped and for the first so this is the first time he saw it and i was just like see i told you this is a real <laughs> thing like i wasn't just making stories up this is for real he's like i see it i got it i said okay all right at least now i have a witness yeah, I will have to introduce you to um, a vendor. Well, not she's not a vendor. She's actually an MSP. Uh, become a really good friend in the last couple of years. You guys could trade stories. And I, at this point, I'm not quite sure who would win. Her CEO says every time he travels with her, something happens. You know, two and a half hours in the car pickup line um, or with well, the car rental line. Or, you know, you sit on the tarmac for two hours and then they pull back in and then you have to just everybody off the plane and they got to get somebody else. And I'm just thinking, okay, I really don't want to travel with her. If that's all that's happening. Like, I love you, but I'll get on my own flight and meet you there. <laughs> yeah. So my, my, one of my colleagues who does a lot of traveling uh, with me says that he, he definitely has the five person rule. Like there has to be five, a buffer of five people in security between me and him, but that way he doesn't get sucked into yeah, the black hole. So I was like, okay, that's cool. He says it's worked ever since. I said, all right. Du duly noted, if I'm ever at the same airport with you. <laughs> well, I mean, say what you will, but that Denver airport is still crazy. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Um, you've seen the lines, you know? I like, there's times, the last two times I went into the general line, not the TSA pre-check, because yeah. they moved along a lot faster. I'd, I'll take off my shoes and take my laptop out of my bag. I don't care, you know? <laughs> I just, I don't. Like you would think in the 2023 era, they wouldn't funnel all the security in one place. Yeah, you're right. To the, to the point now where you can schedule your security screening. You can? Yeah. You can literally oh. go online and say, I want to go through security at this time. And like, there's now another line for people who have pre-scheduled their screening. You know what? That, that won't last. Well, not that it won't last, but that line will start backing up as well. Think about that. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, maybe AI can solve this problem. Yeah, that's true. Going back to our friend AI, yes, I think we can. So you know, did you ever stop to think at by this time that we would have like the flying airplanes, like the Jetsons and, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, like close. So, so they're going to open this, like they already do it in other countries overseas. They're going to open this in Orlando, the air taxi. Really? Yeah, I just saw something about it. I need to look into that. <laughs> I mean, just saying. Uh, where can people find more information about your company, what you do, how you help them, all that jazz? Um, they can go to mspcfo.com. Everything is in there. Uh, if you want to chat more, click the book a meeting link. It all comes to my calendar. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, just search my name. It's written on my Zoom, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and so I have to tell a really funny story. Um, somebody in the channel early on called me Susan. We're in a meeting. Our names are on our screens, right? And they asked a question. There were multiple people on the line and they asked a question and they said, so Susan, what do you think? I didn't say anything. That's not my name. <laughs> so then they said, um, somebody goes, uh, Soleil, I think she means you. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I heard Susan. And the other person said, I'm sorry. Is that not your name? <laughs> I don't know where to go with that, George, but just a funny story. I'm like, um, it's so late and it's written out, but that's okay. That's okay. So now when somebody says Susan, just for kicks, I turn around and go, yes. <laughs> so should I switch your name to Susan in my phone? Is no, that please don't. <laughs> okay. Please right. don't. Well, um, well, yeah, so well, we will we'll be definitely not Susan next week. <laughs> yes. Yes. And we're sponsoring your party. So we're so excited to be there. Very excited. We're so, we're so pumped. So yes, please, yes. please, please. This is for you guys, right? If you're listening to this, we literally put this party on every year for you, yes. uh, the IT community. So if you don't come, you're lost. I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, like nobody's selling anything at this party. It's just straight up celebration for the community. I digress. I agree. I agree. And listen, if they need any proof, they can go back to mhpinitiative.com. Look at last year's party. Amazing. So Anything crazy. you throw really is amazing. I don't know how we did that, but we figured it out in the middle of all that weather mess. <laughs> it worked out great. This one's going to be epic. No rain, no winds. We're all going to be good. And the weather will be beautiful. I hope so. 100%. Florida, it please. is Florida. 
thank you for jumping on everyone. This session was recorded. Um, we're going to post it on mspinitiative.com under session shortly. Check out mspcfo.com. Check out mspblockparty.com. Hopefully we'll see you next week. We're going to keep these things going because there's plenty of people to talk to. Make sure to check in Tuesdays, Thursdays, 1 o'clock Eastern time. Catch you guys on the next one. Have a great one. Peace out. Thanks, George.